0: It is a beautiful Monday morning. That's not a good start, is it, John? No, no. Let's say it like this. try and apply that theory to any other industry in the world. It's a scam. I was betting like 70, 80k. This is the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast, helping you beat the bookmakers. G'day, everyone. Welcome to the UFC Fight Night Walker vs. Hill live betting show on Punt School. And for those watching later or listening later on the Trademate Sports YouTube and podcast channel. Yes, another UFC card we have here. Um, I think this is the third week in a row and I think there's another five coming after this. So it's, you know, right in the middle of a quite a hectic schedule for the UFC, but more UFC, more betting. So happy days. Um, Today, I'll be going through the main card like I do uh, normally, unless, you know, people join along and want me to uh, give my thoughts on other fights. Um, So, yeah, I'll be going through the five cards on the main card or at least what they have scheduled at the moment. Uh, Parker Porter versus Alan Bordeaux, Jim Miller versus Nicholas Motta, Kyle Dorcas versus Jamie Pickett, Jalkin Buckley versus Abdul Razak Al-Hassan, and the main event, Johnny Walker versus Jamal Hill. As always... I'll only give out a couple of, you know, definite bets today just because I want to be respectful for those who pay uh, monthly subscription to MMA Pond School. So let's get into it. The first one I was going to go through today is Parker Porter versus Alain Bordeaux. Uh, Alain Bordeaux is out of the same gym as as Cyril Gunn, uh, MMA factory in France. Uh, And, you know, reasonably similar fighters, both prefer the stand-up. And I think Bordeaux is going to have a pretty decent speed advantage here. He's a former light heavyweight. Parker Porter, one of those, um, I mean, one of the more slower heavyweights, I would say, in terms of their punching, kicking speed, especially his kicking speed, I mean. It takes me about 10 years to get those high kicks up and they don't even make it really but um yeah on the feet I think but has a massive speed advantage especially early on in the fight when he's when he's not fatigued because he obviously does have a tendency to gas a little bit um but early in the early in all of his fights he's looked really really sharp um especially uh against oh in his last two fights but I think notably was against um Oh no, I'm having a, I'm having a brain fart here against the English fella, Tom Aspinall. He um, he he hit him with a really nice jab, and after that, Aspinall was like, "All right, well, I probably don't want to be on the feet with this guy. It's just not worth my risk." So he took him straight to the ground. So, uh, for someone like him to respect him on the feet shows that he's quite decent. Um, you know, he's gonna, he's got good movement. And this, and I think this will be the key part of this fight. Is he's going to have to keep moving. As I've said, Porter's quite, quite slow. But if you know he has the footwork to make Porter chase him, you know, and he's got the punches to come in and out quickly. The biggest problem is, is the fight doesn't happen over one round. But O's got to be able to do it for basically, you know, three rounds. Uh, if not, maybe, you know, two, two and a half rounds and then just try and survive the best if you've gassed. So, um, yeah, as long as he's, as long as he's got a full gas tank, I think Badeau can, can piece him up a little bit here and he's got a big chance of finishing on big chance, but he's got a decent chance of finishing him in the first round here, I think, um, Porter's been finished in the first round by Dorcas before, who's, you know, his other really good striker that he's faced. The other guys he's faced like um, Sherman and uh, Parisian. Sherman's got half decent boxing and even Sherman had some success against him early on. Um, so there's an avenue there for victory for Bordeaux. Um, But if Porter can avoid, if Porter can avoid an early stoppage, I can see, I can see Boudot slowing down from there and, um, Initial, just eventually getting stalked, I guess, by Porter, getting him up against the fence, leaning on him, possibly getting a takedown. I mean, when is fatigued, I'm sure he could probably get a takedown. Um, and potentially finish him. Uh, I mean, if Bedo does really tie, he's more likely to be finished than make his way through to a decision. So, um do I think Porter can get him down early? I don't really think I, I I don't really rate his wrestling all that much. I mean, Bordeaux's wrestling doesn't look terrible. I'm from memory, I believe Bordeaux stuffed a lot of takedowns from Nascimento in round one. So I mean, the thing is with Badeau, like as long as his gas tank's there, he's gonna he's better, he's a much better fighter than Porter. The problem is, is, you know, he's got to do it for three rounds. So that's where it these odds kind of come into play. So, um, yeah, I can see Badeau stopping takedowns early, but as it goes on, I think he's in big trouble. I think Badeau, he has definitely has one good round in him. Not sure he has two. Um, The good thing is, is that, unlike Aspinall and Nascimento Porter's not got the same movement so he's not going to be as he's not going to have to be as agile on his feet to strike with him he can kind of relax relax then move relax then move and he'll be able to get out of danger but against you know better strikers quicker strikers you kind of always got to be on your toes so I do think he'll get a little bit more rest in there and maybe he'll be able to go a good two rounds but um but after that, I just I I don't have too much trust in him from there. It could be anything. But I mean he's got a you know great team. Uh, you know, he's still still improving. Um, like considering he has the same team as Cyril Garn, you know, he should have a pretty similar game plan to what Cyril Garn has most of the time, which is kind of staying on the inside, coming in, coming out, you know, tapping him, all that kind of stuff you know, not going for the killer blow, but more so just, you know, keeping him at range and and touching him up a bit, uh, you know. But, I mean, he's a completely different fighter. He's not Cyril Gunn. Cyril Gunn's, you know, one of the best heavyweights we've ever seen uh, in terms of movement. So, um, yeah, I think if you weigh all these things together, Badeau's chance of an early stoppage, um, you know, from being a much better striker, I believe, um, and his movement I mean yeah if you mix the chance he's got of you know winning through an early stoppage and you mix that in with the fact that potentially he could win the first two rounds and then hold on to win a decision I mean I think I think three or sorry I'll just um I'll share my screen here I think um uh, yeah, Bedo's at three point one five now. I think I would definitely price Bedo around two point seven five. So I think that's, I think that's a decent price there for for Alain Bordeaux. Um Just looking at some of the other markets, uh, you could have a play around with the knockout market here because I think his chances do kind of weigh a lot on the knockout here. Um, so yeah, you could look at that. Um, I'm trying to think some other ones you could potentially look at is let's have a look at how the fight will end. Either fight it's win by KO at 178. I don't, I think that's pretty decent too. I mean, it's a good chance of, you know, if we're looking at um, if the fight goes the distance, which is 145 to not go the distance, like a lot of, you know, I think um, the submission is, I mean, obviously Badoe could be submitted by Porter, but, you know, maybe it's maybe it should be a little bit, maybe this, you know, you know what I'm saying, it should be, you know, maybe this should be more 170, 160, something like that. But, yeah. So there's some avenues you guys can go down. But, um, yeah, I do like, I do think Badoe is just a little bit too high at the moment. But just be wary of what I said. Maybe lean towards, you know, round one or two finish, something like that. All righty. Um, next one Jim Miller and Nicholas Motta. So a little bit of grappler versus striker here. I see Miller being the grappler, Motta being the striker. I think Miller basically has to get this to the floor as soon as possible or he's most likely going to get finished on the feet. Um, I think Modder's got really nice fast hands and he's, he's got these really nice, I call them, I guess, straight hooks because they're they are hooks but they're not, you know, the crazy wild kind of hooks you're going to see. They're really well-educated hooks and they're really nice and straight and they come really quickly. Uh, and in bunches too. Um, Yeah, and Modder's going to have a massive speed advantage there. So I think um, if Miller gets in too close, spends too much time in the phone booth with Modder, I think a KO is most likely going to happen in Modder's favour. So, you know, that's a possibility here. But the thing with Modder is, you know, this is his first, and this is a huge leap in competition for him. Going from a contender series fight, I can't remember who he fought in his contender series, but I mean, going from a contender series fight to a fight against Jim Miller, who has the most UFC fights in the history of the UFC, and he's been on a he's on a fifteen month layoff. It's just like it's yeah it's. <laughs> you know the money lines at about 1.5 for modder right now it's a huge gamble to be taking on a on a prospect um a bloody good prospect but i mean it is it is a um yeah they're they're pretty short odds for a prospect i'm not saying it's not deserved or not i don't really have much of an opinion on that but yeah he's been away for 15 months i'm sure that modder's improved in a lot of areas hopefully you know his wrestling um, more so in, for this, you know, for the sake of this fight. Um, but I think, you know, when you're at this kind of point in your career and you're, you know, you want to get that experience, you want to get in the cage a lot more often than every than every year or, you know, have a 15-month layoff. I'm not exactly sure why. I, I think uh, I think he's had an injury of some sort. He was going to come back last. I oh don't know, maybe no, he was going to fight Miller last year and then, uh, he got uh, Miller got COVID or something like that. So, anyway, um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't get much tougher in your debut than coming up against a veteran like Miller. I kind of think Miller would should be able to take him down. I well, haven't, I haven't, you haven't seen all that much of Modder's takedown defense or you know what he's like on the ground. So it's really hard to predict. He could be, you know, he could. I've seen a little bit of his take down defense and it doesn't look terrible, but I mean, this is against lower level opponents. So it's really hard to get a good grasp. So I would assume Miller should be able to take him down. Um, But I'm not overly confident saying that just because I haven't seen enough of Modder's grappling and wrestling yet. And then, yeah, from there, I really, it's hard to know. Modder could have a very good guard. He could be really good at getting back to his feet. Um, Just looking at his record, Modder was submitted, Uh, once in the past. I think it was six years ago. So, you know, maybe he has some grappling issues. Really hard to know. Um, But, yeah, if Modder is having success, I can see him finding a KO rather than a decision because, you know, if he's having success, it's most likely going to be on the feet and I can't really see Miller holding up to that all too much. Um, It's not like Miller has a incredible chin or anything like that he was rocked in his last fight by uh i think his name was Eric Gonzalez so um you know he can be he can be hit and rocked um so i think uh yeah modo ko could be an angle i'll get the screen up in a second um uh, one thing i would mention also is that uh they fought they have similar opponents so miller fought selecki joe selecki a couple of fights ago and basically got out-grappled the whole time, was on his back the whole fight. Um, and Motta fought Selecki two a couple of fights ago. And Motta won by third round KO. And I looked everywhere to find the footage of that fight. But I did read that um, Selecki was saying he fought the best two rounds of his life in one and two. So I'm assuming he probably out-grappled him, out-wrestled him for the first two rounds and then just got KO'd by Motta. So it shows that, you know, Motta's dangerous throughout the whole fight. Um and Selecki was able to um outgrapple Miller. So, you know, if selecki's able to outgrapple Miller, I'm assuming um that yeah, if Selecki's a better grappler than Miller, then I'm assuming that you know, potentially that you know, he might be able to overcome Miller's re- it's really, you know, you're playing um MMA math here and it gets a bit difficult, but um, let's have a look at the, the, uh, odds here. So we've got moderate 1.53 Miller at 2.5. I think if I had to take a bet out of those two, I'd go Miller just through sheer experience. Um, been in the game a long time. Think, you know, I kind of lean on the side that he'll be able to use his wrestling in this fight and drown him a little bit find a submission possibly. And then for Mota, you know, maybe KOs are decent. I did mention before that, you know, if we're looking at his odds now, I guess the bookies are rating him somewhere around a 65% chance of winning this fight. So do the math out of that 65 what's his chances of winning by knockout? You know, maybe you say something like 35 40%, which kind of leads to this maybe being a slight bit of value. So, um, yeah, Modo KO could be a decent angle for you. But for me, at the moment, I'm kind of staying out of this one just because there's a lot of unknowns. All right, let's move on to Dorcas and Pickett. Let me have a drink. Um, By the way, shout out to sports, but I mean, if you're able to bet with sports but I think they have the most I'm not just saying this because they're sponsoring the show but they have the most comprehensive uh, prop market I've ever seen so I highly uh, on on an MMA so I highly recommend uh, yeah if you're able to get them to to use them as much as possible I mean new one that they uh, that they bought, brought through lately was uh double chance alternate so you can bet on two fighters to win by you know two different things so I think that's um Quite cool. But anyway, I'm rambling on here. Ah, Dorcas and Pickett. I think Dorcas is basically better everywhere. Um, You know, not by huge margins. um, But, you know, in the stand-up, I think he's a lot more aggressive. I think he's more confident. He's got sharper straighter punches. He's got, you know, better boxing. He's just a lot more sure of himself, whereas you look at Pickett, and he's just—he has all the um, athletic attributes to be an awesome fighter. You know, he's built—he's built like John Jones. His reach is outrageous. I think it's—I think it's like eighty inches. I could be completely wrong there, but I think it's ridiculous. Um, so he has all the tools, but he just can't use them. Like I, you know, I feel like we're at this point we're just waiting for him to. To learn how to use his tools a lot better and it's just not happening i mean against joseph holmes he really should have been able to put it on holmes and finish holmes i believe holmes was gassed after one round um very sloppy and and Pickett, you know seemed okay and he just he was just really happy to to do nothing essentially and um and maybe throw a few jabs and leap in with a few punches, but then he just wanted to push him up against the fence. So anyway, I just think, um, yeah, I think, I think Dorcas has an advantage there. Um, He is at a reach disadvantage, but against Pickett, obviously, but I don't think Pickett uses his reach at all. Well, in the wrestling, I think Dorcas is better. Um, Pickett really hasn't shown me anything impressive, in terms of his wrestling, I think Dorcas, um, maybe the weaker part of his game is wrestling. Um, but, you know, I think I think he can take, probably take Pickett down. Um, or at least I think he'll win those exchanges against the fence. Um, but I think Dorcas' is probably biggest advantage overall is probably in the grappling um, and submissions. I haven't seen too much of Pickett on his back. So I can't make too many bold claims there, but you know, Dorcas has got a load of, you know, really nice chokes. Um, and I was listening to another podcast that made a great, great point about how um yeah, Piggott kind of dives in against the fence and you know, his takedowns are a little bit sloppy and um Dorcas has, you know, has a uh has a good dark choke, dark choke. Sorry, so you know, they're saying that there's a good chance he could lock that in, so I think that's worth mentioning too. Um, overall, he's just a big, a better mixed martial artist, Dorcas is. So, um, pick it coming in on short notice too. I'm just giving you all the reasons to, to back Dorcas here. Um, I think the highest I would, if I was setting the line for this. Dorcas 1.35, still probably a bit short. I kind of think Pickett's best chances uh, are by KOing him, just, you know, getting some kind of punch in somewhere um, and finishing him on the feet. I couldn't imagine him being able to out wrestle Dorcas to a decision or, you know, beat him in the grappling and hold him down. I just cannot see that. Um, So I think Pickett's best chances is by getting a lucky kind of punch or, you know, getting him with a knee of some sort and Dorcas has been, um, you know, he's been caught with a lot of knees in his career. So that's a uh, that's an avenue there. But I don't really see, um, I'll get the odds I don't really see any bets at the moment. I did like Dorcas inside the distance, but I just think it's a little bit too short at the moment. Um, yeah, here are the odds here. You know, maybe the best bet to go with, and I hate to say it, is a Jamie Pickett KO, you know. I really struggle to see how he wins a decision or gets a submission. So I think a lot of this 320 is based on him getting some kind of knockout. So, um, yeah, Jamie Pickett at six for KOs, maybe my recommendation there. But for me, I uh, yeah, I don't think I'll be taking that bet personally just because I really – I think Jamie Pickett is – I wouldn't say he's overrated, but I just I think he's been reasonably lucky in some of the opponents he's been able to get. He's just beaten all of them, and uh, I don't think he'll be in the UFC for much longer. Sorry, Jamie, if you're listening. All right, Wakim um, Buckley and Abdul Razak Al Hassan. I know a lot of people are excited for this fight. Should be a good scrap, especially early on. And I, I think Alisson's chances just weigh heavily on getting a first round finish or getting a knockout at some point in the first or second round. I think his gas tank is really just not good enough to have the power to finish Buckley outside of that that first or you know early second round. So if Buckley's smart, he gets you know Alisson wrestling up against the cage as soon as possible, tries to get him down or, you know, just really tries to avoid those big strikes from Al-Hassan early um, and get this into the later rounds, there's, you know, there's a blue, a blueprint here basically for Buckley to to win. And it's, um, I mean, the, the blueprint's been shown across all of Al-Hassan's career of how to beat him. You know, if you can avoid the big strike early on, you know, his chances are just, you know, significantly diminished. Um, So I think Buckley's always kind of improving in the stand-up. He always looks a bit better each time. His biggest problem is those high kicks uh, from taller fighters, especially Arroyo and um, Di Chirico. He he does have a tendency to be caught with some high kicks. And as we know in Al-Hassan's last fight, he loves a high kick too. So, um, but I mean, maybe it's not a much of a problem here because Al Hassan's, you know, not that really tall fighter that he's been having trouble with Buckley. But, um, yeah, in in terms of bets here, I think I do think that once it gets, you know, beyond those first couple of minutes and beyond the first round, Buckley's most likely going to finish him at some point. I most likely going to finish him. Uh, I think he can get him down. I think. He's, you know, he's going to be the better striker throughout the second and third rounds. Um, Let's have a look at the odds here. Yeah, you've got Joaquin Buckley at 154. Abdul at uh, 243. I think those odds are just about right at the moment. My play here would be to um, go with Al-Hassan via KO at 3.1, I think. If, you know, out of that 2.43, which I think could get a bit higher, you know, his, his chances of winning, like, a, you know, <laughs> they're so weighed heavily towards winning by knockout. So, um, yes, I would be – I recommend that as a bet, 3.1. I'd probably take that, you know, down to 2.75-ish, something like that. Um, the chances of, you know, Al-Hassan winning by decision or – submission are just uh, a minuscule they're very very low so yeah i don't mind that bet at all and that's something i would uh yeah recommend that last fight the main event let me just turn this on all right the main event unfortunately the props aren't out yet via top sport so i will get Oh, it is off my screen. All right. Yeah, Walker versus Hill. I think, you know, Walker's going to have a decent size advantage here. A couple of inches in height, I would assume, in reach too. I think he'll want to keep (laughs) – it's so hard. I mean, the first thing to note on this fight is are we going to get the Walker of last fight versus Santos where he was, like, you know, painfully patient And, you know, didn't, barely did anything for five rounds. Or are we going to get crazy Johnny Walker who wants this fight to finish in round one, whether he wins or loses? I assume his team want a mixture. You know, they want, you know, they don't want it to be as patient as the last fight, but they don't want him to go as crazy as he has in the past. But, I mean, it kind of looks like to me he's still trying to, He's still trying to learn, you know, how to approach his fights. Moved to a new camp, uh, SBG Island recently or in the last year. Um, maybe it's a bit over a year now, but it seems like he's just having some – I think it's just going to take him a couple of years before he really knows his fight style. I think he's really – I would say he's probably a bit confused at the moment, like about finding the right balance between going hard and doing nothing or being patient. So I think this fight's probably just a little bit early in his career in terms of, you know, I just think he's got a long way to go in terms of learning his fight style. So I don't think, I think that we'll see the best Johnny Walker in, you know, maybe two years, something like that, when he's had a lot of time, a lot more experience in the cage of... Of working out this new style that it looks like he wants to implement. But, so I'm, I mean, there's two perspectives here. Like, I mean, if he's gonna go into a crazy gunfight with Hill, you know, Hill's probably got a better chance because he's got the sharper stand up. But I mean, you know, the odds should be a lot closer if it's gonna be a crazy little, you know, it's, it's gonna be a crazy fight like that. But if he's gonna be patient, you know, keep things on the outside, then I probably think it favours Hill a bit more. But anyway, I assume Walker, yeah, want to keep things on the outside with his kicks, whereas Hill probably wants to get in a little bit tighter with his boxing. I think Hill has the better overall striking, should win most of the stand-up, but, um, you know, I, there have been times in that open, same proof fight where he does leave himself open a little bit. He does go lunging forward a little bit for punches. But when he stays technical and doesn't put everything into each strike, doesn't chase, I think he looks pretty decent. Um, and, you know, if he does that, he's too he'll be too good for Walker, I believe. Um, but like I said before, I think it just depends a lot on the approach of Walker. If it's a, I think a crazy fight kind of helps him out a bit more because I think if he wants to be patient like the last fight, I can just see, you know, Hill hitting him, touching him every now and then, maybe finds a KO at some point or just wins the decision. Um, I just struggle to see Walker winning a points fight at this point in his career. I think it, we're a couple years from that against a guy like Jamal Hill. Um. But, yeah, this is – let's have a look at the odds. Like I said, there's no props out, so it's hard to um, give you guys much. But I think the odds are about right there, 139 for Jamal Hill, three for Johnny Walker. I think Walker's chances at this point in his career weigh heavily towards getting a knockout. So I think if you can get – you know, Walker by KO at 450 anywhere. Maybe Top Sport will bring that out later. I think that's, you know, that's the way to go. That's, you know, that's how I would price it. So, or at least that's where I would find value. I mean, I think Walker KO should probably be somewhere around 3.75 ish, something like that. So, if you can get fours and aboves, I think that's a decent bet. So, yeah, that's how I kind of see the main event working out and that basically brings me to the end of the show so yeah thanks everyone for watching once again if you want to get on board with pun school uh, mma pun school uh you want to see my results go to velabetting.com it's ve or the things down here v l l a betting.com you can see my results there see the mma pun school results there um, yeah things are going really well so it'd be good to have as many people along as possible but um yeah if this is your first time on the channel like subscribe, do all the good stuff and uh, yeah we will or I will be back next week with the next fight night card which I believe um, is going to be Mukachev and Bobby Green coming in very late notice they're green so um, after his win last weekend so I'm very excited for that fight hopefully um yeah we're speaking a bit early here but hopefully you can avoid the takedown and peace makachev up (laughs) sorry to all you makachev fans we will see but thanks everyone for watching and i will see you next week cheers